0: I hope you enjoy this message from South City C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. He onere he karorea te atua, i maunga rungo ke te oenua, i wakaro pai ke ngā tangata katoa. Ko Taranaki te maunga, ko Matane uneu te awa, ko tutiru te iwi, ko Maanga a te apu, Ko Kura Aupo te waka, ko Tarawainuku te uh, marae, ko Ruakere te wano ko Cindy aho. Um nako e pā i e Hurinoa, ko te hungatangata i e hui hui mai nei, a tēnā koutou, tēnā, koutou, tēnā koutou katoa.
1: Reveal your cross, ever illuminated, let it shine in the darkest night I see it there So fix my gaze upon it In life and death I find my rest in thee For karma my Tia ho mai, ra roto i te po, hei
0: to sing that, um, that waiata today, uh, tonight, as my uh, waita tau after after um, doing my mihi to you. And I, and I wanted to use it as an example of what I believe is happening right now in our nation, <coughs> that um, something that is actually hidden in plain sight for a lot of us, the community uh, the, of Jesus Christ. And um, I, I feel like God has given me... Um, Purpose at the moment to travel up and down the country and share this message that I'm going to share with you tonight, and it's it'll it'll be one that uh, for some of you you you'll quickly embrace you'll get it for others it's like you'll you'll be a question mark which is absolutely as it should be, and for others that that you'll you'll need to um, to really ask the Lord about this, but I um I I ask that you would. to allow me to share what I believe the Lord is saying right now in our nation. So I wanted to use this as an example <clears throat> because what we do is like when we sing the song, Fakaria mai to pe we think immediately, then sings, my soul, my Saviour God to thee, how great thou art. And so in our heads we naturally go to the melody and, and if we don't know the real, or even if we do know it, we immediately actually go to the tune. Um, but I wanna say that I felt like this is, a, this is a tohu, this is a sign for what I believe God is doing at the moment in, in the, um, the nation of Aotearoa, New Zealand. So <coughs> you were very much a part of the uh, terrorist attacks that, uh, that so recently just happened and um, you, you felt it much more keenly than um, you know, most of us in the, in the rest of the nation. But at the memorial, I don't know if you remember or if any of you were there, um, but the, there were two um, singers, some of you might know who they are, Teeks and Holly Smith, were asked to sing Caria Mai. And the way that that came about was that a Christian man called um, Murray Some of you might know him, a Christian businessman, um, he had had on his heart for 15 years that he wanted to produce an album of hymns sung by the latest uh, Kiwi artists. So that came to fruition a couple of years ago, and um, so all these hymns were sung by these different you know, New Zealand stars, and Whokāreo Mai was sung by Tex and Holly Smith. Well, Holly Smith had um, previously been the partner of, of Clark Gaifert, who is now the fiance of the, our Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern. So when this, this song comes out, and Clark Gayford hears the song, and because he's connected to, to Holly Smith, he, he just tears up. And, and I tell you, I, I saw something when I was up at Waitangi because I sang this song, and um, we need to pray for that man. I, I believe there's, a, there's an entrance way to Jacinda through him. So if you're a praying type of person, you need to be praying for that man. Because somewhere in his past, um, God has has moved and has spoken to him or touched him somewhere. I was aware of it when I I saw him um, at um, the the dawn service up at Waitangi just just recently gone. So he he tears up listening to the song, takes it to his partner, who is our prime minister, and she says that needs to be sung at the um, memorial for uh, those that were murdered at the mass shooting. So in front of, what, a couple of thousand Muslims, they stand up and they sing,
1: Reveal your cross ever illuminated, let it shine in the darkest night. I see it there, so fix my gaze upon it, in life and death I find my rest in thee." Well, you wouldn't
0: know that, um, that perhaps they were singing that because they were singing. So, as a, and I want to say, do you think that the spirit realm can't understand the real? That they can only understand, understand English? So, they were declaring out into the atmosphere of a broken, um, uh, distraught, grief-ridden people who, who only see Jesus as a good man, as a prophet. And they were singing out there in the manner of who they were, reveal your cross illuminated in the darkness. Let it shine. This is a tou. This is a sign of what I believe God is doing in our nation at the moment. If we've got eyes to see and if we've got ears to hear. I believe that um, <clears throat> there is a move of God that's currently go, um, being unfolded in Mari. The Lord is moving deeply in that place, but it's hidden in plain sight. Can you put up that first <clears throat> pick, please? So um, there's a ruru. One of, one of the things that the Lord spoke to me, that's an owl, a ruru is an owl. One of the things the Lord spoke to me at the beginning of this year he said that we've come into a season of the ruru. What does that mean? The ruru can see in the dark. The ability God is giving us the ability to be able to see in the dark. What is the darkness that I'm talking about? The darkness of not being able to tell the truth from a lie. The darkness of um, not being able to tell the, um, the true information from misinformation and disinformation. And so... Uh, the, When when you see stuff on social media, you you actually can't tell anymore because there's so many bots coming out of Russia that are telling you that what they're saying is the truth, that they are able and capable to shift the elections in America. We're talking about a serious sort of, um, of mistruth, and we can't even tell the difference. When the big conspiracy theories come out, the whole thing about the vaccinations, what is the truth and what is not the truth? You believe what your mate says or what, what your mate posts up on, on Facebook must be the truth because it's your mate. So we are now in a society where you cannot tell the truth from a lie anymore. But God, I believe, said to me that he's giving us the ability to be able to see in the dark like the ruru. And the thing is about the ruru is that um, the way that their wings are structured, they, um, they can go in with, they, they make no sound when they fly because um, the the way that the tips of their wings are, they fly silently. And I felt like the Lord said to me, he would give us the ability to be be able to go in and see the plans of the enemy without being seen. So we don't need to be full of fear or anxiety. We actually can trust that this is what God is doing. We need to be bold and brave and actually be the people that God has called us to be. But what is is unfolding currently is hidden in plain sight. Can you put up the next pic? Now I want you to see that. Can you see it? All he's done is turn his head. It's still there. But it can't be seen because the way that that has been created is to be able to slide right out of um, appearing and so you can't even see it. That is what the Lord is giving to us, the ability to be able to do that. Can you, um, can you just leave the first take it back to the first one, please? And I'll just get you to leave, leave that up there. Just a good little picture. I mean, I could stand there and go. <laughs> See your likeness? <laughs> <clears throat> but the, um, the interesting thing is about, um, about this, this understanding of the doo-doo. I know that you are a, a community and a church that believes in the prophetic. You know, Paul said, I wish that all could prophesy. You know we 've made it this like this this secret uh, uh, elect sort of group of people, um, and yes, there is the office of the prophet, and there are ones that that have been given the gift uh, in the realm of prophecy but it 's for all believers, but those of us that, that um, have the spirit of the living God in, inside of us, and you know what the simplicity of the prophetic is is as simple as being able to See and hear what God is doing and outwork what you see and hear. That's it. And the awakening of that, it comes in two ways, I believe. It comes through um, uh, the reading of of Scripture. It awakens your heart. And the other is through prayer because you get to know His voice. Because, you know, praying is not a one-way street, hopefully. That you're just rattling off all your, you know, (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Hopefully there's a a desire to have an interaction that you want to pray and, 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 um, and commune with him, not just uh, offer up all your, I want this, I want that, can you do this, can you do that, but surely we're in a place of maturity where we are able to allow him to respond back to us. That's communion. That's a, the difference between communication and communion. And and so we're, we're at a time of of. Um, of being able to see and hear and communicate what we see and hear, and I know that that is the desire of this community. You were founded in that, <clears throat> and so w- with that ability to be able to to hear and see and outwork what you hear and see, I feel like the the picture of the rudu is is um, so important for us right now because <clears throat> the thing about the about the rudu is in its eyes, there's no sockets. So it can't, you know, the way that your eyes can move around like that, its eyes can't move. They're fixed like headlights. So that's why you see their their heads, they move so fast. And, you know, some people almost think that they're swirling around. (laughs) But it's because they're they're moving at, at such a fast pace because they're looking to see what's going on because their eyes are fixed. And I felt, to me, that was a picture that the Lord is saying, previously, that the... The prophets have, have seen what they think that they need to see, but we're coming into a time when the head, who represents the head in scripture? Jesus. That we're coming to a time when the head is actually going to direct the eyes to, to uh, see what they need to see, not what we think we need to see. If we can trust that, if we can trust that this is what the Lord is doing at the moment, so this is, a, and this is a, a, a time of great rejoicing and not to be afraid or full of anxiety. But we have to be brave enough. We've got to put on our big girl undies and our big boy undies. <laughs> we've got to be brave and courageous because we've got, to, we've got to take off that which doesn't belong to us anymore. You know, um, are you familiar with the story of David and Goliath? In 1 Samuel 17, I'll, I'll just give you the Cindy paraphr- paraphrase version, is that all right? So, you know, like, <clears throat> because of the sin of the leaders of, the na- of, of that nation, it's just like the, the, um, the, they were in deep trouble. They were rebellious, and uh, by that stage, Samuel had, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> Samuel had anointed David and uh, David was uh, out at that time during uh, the, the 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 war that was taking place between the, the, the Israelites and the um, the Philistines. And uh, he was stuck outside the, the he was stuck at the the backside of the desert. The least likely place that uh, God would um, have His anointed one, but that is often the case. I want to say to some of you young people, you got to do the yards, man. <laughs> And it's not just about, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep you here and stick you here because that's what I wanna do. In that place, David learned how to fight so that when he did come into his place of prominence, he actually could um, do what God had intended for him to do, not a minute before. So there he is out the backside of the desert. The, um, the Philistines are, are, are causing great terror and fear in the, in the, in the, um, the Israelite army. So if you can imagine... And I've been to the Valley of Elah and it's not as, you know. I was thinking like big mountain, valley, big mountain, but it's actually not that big. But um, what they did then, and this was typical of warfare, rather than a whole army initially go to, to fight one another, one of the warriors would come down from, from their army and, uh, to fight with a, a, one of the warriors from the other army. So here's Goliath. He's nine and a half feet tall. That's pretty big. Is that what, two, 2.7 meters or something? That's pretty tall, I mean, he'd be up there somewhere. And he's totally kitted out in armor. You can hardly even see anything off it except his eyes. And his shield is so big that um, there's another guy that has to go and take it out in front of him. And so he comes down. You guys are losers. We're gonna smash you. Your God is nobody back. Come down that night. We're going to kill you, we're going to rape your women, and we're going to kill your babies. Back. So you imagine that, every day and every night for 40 days. Does anyone know what 40 represents? Testing. Remember 40 years in the, in the desert? 40 days that Jesus was in the, in the wilderness. 40 represents testing. So, for 40 days and 40 nights, Goliath came down and without lifting the sword, without taking the sword out of his sheath, he he created so much fear and and terror and intimidation that they, they stood there and never sent anyone down to confront him. Without even lifting his sword, this is what took down the army of Israel his mouth. So, here we go. <clears throat> David, I want you to take some cheese, take a little bit of kai to your brothers. Off he goes, gets there, he's been wanting to see what's going on. It's like, well, how come they've taken so long? You know, I thought this you know, fight was going to be happening. and So he gets there and he happens to arrive when Goliath's down there doing his ranting and raving. Your God is useless. Your God is nothing. We're going to smash you and we're going to show you that your God doesn't mean anything. He hears it and he goes, who's this fella? He gets the pukana and the puk, How dare he take on, talk about my God this way? And you know the first person that reacted to David as he stood up in defense of his God was his own brother. Who do you think you are? I know that you're a wicked little boy. Get back to the backside of the desert. But he got overwhelmed again. Who is this? That I'll, I'll take him on. <laughs> and then it's heard by Saul. Saul brings him and says, uh, who are you? I'm David. I'll take on Goliath. But you're only 17. And look at you. Skinny. I'll take him home. But you, he's a, he's a warrior from his youth. You, you're a shepherd. Listen to this, you young guys. Out the backside of the desert, God taught me, when I was looking after those sheep, he taught me how to fight lions and bears. And I took them down. I took down lions and bears. We're talking about bears today. Bear spray. I took down lions and bears. I can take down this man. So <clears throat> Saul goes, "Okay then, but you need to put my armor on." So he puts on uh, Saul's armor, and it says, <clears throat> "Excuse me." It says in scripture that Saul was one whole head taller than anybody else in Israel. So when he puts um, Saul's armor on, of course, what happens? It's too big for him, and he and he's walking around, and he says, "Oh, it doesn't fit me. I can't. I can't go out like this." So he takes it off, and he goes out to meet him with the weapons that he's most comfortable with, which is a sling and a stone. And he goes out to that valley, and he stands in front of Goliath, and Goliath is is raving mad. What, this dog is coming out to me? This kid with a sling and a stone, with a toy, coming to take me down? How dare you, because he's feeling like belittled and humiliated that they would send out a little boy. So he's he's ha How dare you? And then this is, when this, um, this is when David responds. You come at me with a sword and a spear, but I come at you with the name of the word of God. And I'm not only going to um, dec- declare the name of God over you, but I'm going to take you down. I'm going to smash you. That's <laughs> <Let's> paraphrase, remember? <laughs> then he picks up that stone, this familiar weapon, and he flings it. Tell me where does it hit? The forehead. Where is the place where all intimidation comes from again? Tell me. From the mind. From the mind. David didn't, thank you. David didn't need, um, um, Goliath didn't need to pull that sword out of his sheath. Thank you, Vietnam. I know no, it's easier for me. That's He didn't need to pull that sword out of his sheath because he took them down with the words of his mouth. And where did David um, uh, put him to death? He fired at that place where intimidation came out of. And then what did he do? He'd killed him, but then what did he do? And how did he do it? With what? With his own sword. He picked up Goliath's own sword and chopped off his head. And I want to tell you, that is a sign of what God is wanting to happen in the churches as we know it, that God wants us to rise above the intimidation that that the principalities and powers are, are, are spewing out at you through social media. He wants you to be like the ruru that can actually see in the dark, actually see what is the truth from a lie. So you're not intimidated the way that the children of Israel, the army of Israel were intimidated by one man in his mouth. Yeah, he was, intimidated. They were, he was intimidating because he, um, he was such a big man. But it was his words that took them down. And David cut off that, um, that power with that power's own sword. The very thing that you've been through, God, if you will allow him, will raise you up. The very thing that's sought to take you out, he will raise you up to be the saviour in other people's lives on that very thing that you have struggled with if you will allow him to do that. This is the season that we're in. But it will take courage. And we have to know our place as the community of believers because the way that we're doing church is changing. You know, um, I I shared a little bit this morning about... um, about the the Jesus revolution and the amazing things that took place at that time. And for all the people that have been praying for decades to see God move again. But what so often happens in our own thinking is that we believe that it's just gonna be a better version of what we had previously. But that Jesus revolution shook up the whole world, shook up the church, and some of you that are here tonight that, that you can testify to the very fact that when Jesus, that when the Holy Spirit started to move amongst you, it was rejected by the church of the time, the traditional church. They rose up and said it was demonic. And as I shared about um, the, the, the beginnings of that Jesus revolution that, that, that started in California, um, <clears throat> it started through hippies and surfies and druggies and coming on their bare feet and their board shorts and and their dirty hair. And and the established church couldn't believe that God would move in that way. Because this move of God that's coming, they're going to look like us. They're going to behave like us. They might be a little bit rough around the edges, but they'll be like us. And it totally upended them. So that when it came, they could not see it. And then they, when they came, they actually could not see it, but they re- re- rejected it, and they resisted it, and they tried to shut it down. Will we be those people? We can say in our hearts, of course not, but i tell you, it's been a prayer that I've been praying, God, I know that um, the way that you are moving, the potential is inside of me to actually not be able to see it. God, help me to have eyes like the Rudu, to be able to see in the dark, to be able to see what cannot be seen. Help me to see, help me to, help me to hear what you're saying at this time, God, that I won't resist, but I will embrace. I, I had such a, 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 it was a beautiful little sign for me yesterday. I went for a walk in the morning. I live not far from the sea. I walked down, I walked along the sea, and then I go up a track next to a river and the sea, was, it was high tide, I don't know if it was a, um, a full tide, but it was certainly high, high tide, and, it, and there'd been a lot of rain. And as I was walking up the, the river track, I saw that this, the sea had actually pushed up into the river, and, and the water was going the other way. It was actually moving up to the, into the river. And, it, and it, um, I had to walk quite a long way before it got to a point where the, the water started to pull because the river was coming down and it had nowhere to go. And so the water was starting to pull. But the nature of rivers is that they'll always find their way out. <laughs> and I want to say to you that the river of God is moving and it might appear that it's going the other way, but it can't be stopped. It can't be stopped. I'm convinced that this is the Lord. I'm convinced that what I'm seeing and experiencing and hearing is that God is moving in te Māori in a way that um, we haven't seen possibly since the 1800s when that great move of God happened amongst Māori. And, and um, they say between uh, 60 and 90% of all Māori came to faith. That's a whole lot of people. These, these diaries of... of, of um, Uh, these church services, thousands would turn up, 8,000 would turn up at at these gatherings, Māori. The greatest evangelists were Māori. He says there were were up to 500 of them that were going through, through villages from marae to marae declaring the gospel of peace and reconciliation and life and power and hope. but it got stopped because of greed, it got stopped, it was, uh, I believe it was an, demonically inspired, and it ended up, and it, it brutalized the people who had opened up their hearts uh, to this, this new God that came, whose name was the son who was killed. And I am convinced that God wants to um, reignite that mission that was interrupted But it's gonna be key to how we respond in that moment. Because you know what is typical of us, and I say this about myself, is that if I'm not at the center of it, then it's probably not happening. (laughs) We're so egocentric. If God is moving, well of course I'm gonna be in the middle of it. Well I've prayed for it, so you know I should be there. (laughs) I've prayed man, I was like God, whether whether it happens and I'm gone, it's like, what, whatever way, it's like, God, help me to prepare for that, what you want to do. And I say that, like, hand on heart, I, I say that to the Lord. I mean, I'd love to be there right in the midst of it, but that's not the point. The point is that I have such a yearning to see the Spirit of the Lord come so that people can be changed. And I know that this is a heart that is carried in this house but there has to be a recognition of something that is going on deep in, in, the, in, the, in the world of tangata Whenua. And how do you position yourself for this move that's coming, that is not possibly uh, or necessarily gonna look like the way that you think? We've gotta have eyes that see, kingdom eyes. We sang that tonight, your kingdom come and your will be done. You know, we sing it, but then we go carry on living the way that we always lived. I want to live in, by the kingdom, I don't do it, sometimes I do, sorry, can you just hold that, I'm just going to, I'm warming up now, and I need to start you guys, so. So one of the, 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 the ways that I believe is, um, and I'll share this, this, uh, this picture that I had, that the parable of, uh, of, not the parable, sorry, no, I'll get there in a minute. But you know the story of when Jesus came into Jerusalem? And it was Holy Week. He knew that he was about to face the cross, he knew that his time had come. And he entered into Jerusalem, and the, the spirit, the atmosphere was moving so much that, that, that even though um, later on they'd be the ones that would kill him, at that time they were so overwhelmed. That they, um, that they wanted to lay their cloaks down and lay palm branches down and sing Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And he was fulfilling prophecy because he'd said to his disciples, Go in and find a, a, a donkey. You'll see one uh, on you know, that street and bring it here. And, and you know, if the owners say, blah, 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 my master has need of it. So they, they get the donkey because he is fulfilling prophecy. It was talking about the Messiah coming in humility not on a horse in triumph like the Romans did, but on a little donkey, in humility. And these people recognized the prophetic moment that they were in. And so they started laying down their their, their cloaks and and their palm branches, calling out. Does anyone know what Hosanna means? Save us! Oh, save us! Such good acoustics in here, man.
1: Oh, save us!
0: (laughs) And I believe that um, this move to me is a picture of of this coming in humility, and how do we position ourselves, not just to, to lay down the palm branches, but I want to put to you, perhaps the place of the church in this moment is to become the palm branches, that we lay down our agendas and what we think should be happening and that we will become the foundation for this move that I believe is rising up in te ao that is the That is the, the joy for the church at the moment because you know what, and, and um, again, what we've, we've seen happen previously and, and some of these ones, are so grateful for some of you ones that came up to me and, and, and told me, you know, your stories about what happened to you in the 60s and 70s. I was so grateful for that because it, it allowed me to understand and to get confirmation that, yes, that did happen and this will happen again if we're not wise to learn from history. Are we gonna allow history to repeat itself again? That, that he comes in a way that is the least likely. And, you know, I, maybe your question is, well, well, what can I do? You can make a way for this. You can um, allow what's, what, the thinking that's gone on in your mind regarding te ao Māori, you can let it go. There is a beautiful thing that God is doing in te ao Māori, but we dismiss it or we, or we rebuke it Or we say, how can that be God? Rather than being prepared to go, well, I don't really understand this at the moment, but I'm trusting God. (laughs) Because you don't have to have all the answers in it. And, you know, I want to say to you that that, um, you can ask the Lord for confirmation of this. If this is really Him, He will speak to you. I don't have to convince you. That's not my job. My job is to deliver the message. It's up to you what you do with it. But this is a message I'm taking around Aotearoa at the moment, and it's like that parable that he shared about the banquet. The king had a banquet, and he sent out all the invitations, and it came back that the people that were invited didn't want to go. And the interesting thing is that most of the excuses were was about commerce, about money. And it says that the king was really unhappy. He said, "Go out into the highways and byways, and whoever you find, invite them to my banquet, invite them to my feast." This is an this is not an open-ended invitation. I believe there is a time frame to this invitation. But but I believe I and I'm one of many um, that are going out at the moment. Sharing this message, there is an invitation for you to partner with God in what He's doing. Some of the simple ways is to um, to open yourself up to te ao Māori, to the real. Starting, you know, even the simple things of of trying to say words right or um, saying a Kia ora. And it sounds silly and, and, and childish, but it's, that's huge because you're breaking the, the, the thing in your mind. You're breaking that power that, that says, well, that doesn't mean anything. That is of no consequence. When it's of the biggest consequence because this is how we begin to move and flow into that, that call and the, the, what I believe is the will of God for the church at this time to become a foundation for what he's doing outside of the church. <laughs> Or do we have to be like what happened in the 60s and 70s where so many came out of the established church and started their own? Which this church is one of them. And I heard a story today where you know, the, 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 the leader of, of the particular church that they'd been involved in pretty much said that you know, what they were doing was, you know, it was demonic evil. But that's, what you, when, that's all you can see. When it, it looks so unfamiliar to you, the way that those hippies and, and those surfers and those druggies were getting saved and, and coming to the I mean, you hear some of the, the foundation stories of that Jesus revolution, it'll make the hair stand up on your head. because God used something that was going on, which happened to be a lot of drug use. Now, I'm not advocating drug use, okay? But he used it and it turned so many people, because their, their minds were open. I mean, you hear the story of Lonnie Frisbee, it's out there. I don't know if I should tell you, can I, can I say it? Okay. So he takes, because he's a natural leader charismatic. He takes a group of people. They're out in the Takis, um, I think that's how you say it, the canyon. And he's, he's on a trip. He's having an LSD trip, right? He, he has a vision. And in the vision, Jesus is walking towards him, walking in the clouds. And Jesus says to him, Lonnie, I want you to come and serve me. And he says immediately he was straight. He was... Um, He was out. He wasn't, um, what do you call it? Sober? I don't know, whatever the word is. When you're not stoned anymore, whatever it is. And he just, he said that he was um, overwhelmed with with this sense of needing to get under the water. And all the guys are going, hey man, what's going on? I'm trying to be like, you know, Californian. Hey man, what's going on? And so he shares this, and they say, oh, can we come too? So they all end up getting baptized, not even sure what they're doing. And this starts to catch on and they end up down in, in, um, in orange, whatever the, where are the beaches? And it's like hundreds of them, but they don't even know what they're doing. They're getting overwhelmed by this, this Jesus has come and we've got to do something about water and I'm not even sure what it is. And then we go to a guy called Chuck Smith who is very conservative. They're actually looking at closing their church because it's diminished in size so much. And then this one night, um, there's a knock at the door and it's it's Chuck Smith's daughter's boyfriend with Lonnie um, Frisbee. Strange name, I know. And he looks at them in disgust. He looks at Lonnie Frisbee in disgust. And he's been quoted as saying, those dirty hippies need to go and take a bath. He's so disgusted he cannot see that this can be God. How can this be God? How can this be God? And then he connects with Lonnie, he allows Lonnie to start speaking in his church, and within six months they go from 200 to 2,000. And it reaches a point where, I shared this this morning, that um, there's a woman that was very concerned about the church, what was happening to the church, and they just had new carpet. And she comes and says to him, but what about the carpet? (laughs) And I know it sounds silly, but I want to say to you, what's your carpet? What's your carpet? And Chuck Smith says, if I have to, I'll rip the carpet up and we'll sit on the concrete. Because he took that and he understood, finally, that this was God. And I've been, you know, trying to, to figure out, it's like, um, I've been talking to uh, ones like David Garrett, who is very much a part of that. And, and I, I just had a, a, a conversation with a kind gentleman today, just, you know, because I said, what was the time frame? Because we think about, you know, in a move of God, like we've been told that, you know, it's instant, the rain comes and so like everybody gives their hearts to Jesus and they're running towards the church, It doesn't happen like that. You know, I've heard the stories about Wesley going through towns on his horse and all the people falling down and, you know, I need to find Jesus. God is doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing in a new way amongst a a people that that might not resemble us. How are we going to position ourselves for that? So this is an invitation, I believe, this is an invitation for this community. You might say, well, what, what can we do? It's like, well, you, you need to have that conversation yourself. You need to have that conversation about how you can partner with Te Māori so that, that as it begins to rise that you can, you can be a voice of help and direction for what he's doing. Because if you're outside of it, how can you be that? You're disconnected. But he is moving in a new way. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. A new thing is not a better version of the old thing, okay? I, f- I feel like I broke a record, but um, <clears throat> I'm going to finish. I didn't get back to my sling um, and stone story, did I? Yes, I did. Um, just, just before I do finish. So that story, he takes him down, right? But you know what he took him down with? He didn't take him down with other people's armor. He took him down. He took a life down in, the, in, the, in the, um, the clothing that he knew he was familiar with. And I want to say to us here in Aotearoa, I want to say to this church tonight, we are slinging stone people. And we've looked to the to the armor and, and to the bright, shiny armor and the beautiful, glittering sword. But that couldn't take down a giant. God has given us something very specific here. And it might not look flash. <coughs> it might look raw, but I'd rather have the not flash and the raw if it can take down the giant than the flash that stays in the sheath the whole time. <laughs> So we've got to know who we are. Allow us to embrace who we are in Aotearoa. Not to try and become um, somebody else, another version of another country and another sound and another message. How many times have have I seen where where the latest greatest and then we try and emulate it. You know, a clone is never as good as the original way. What is it that God wants to come out of this place, Christ's church? What is it? How can you partner with this move that He's doing? How can you give yourself into a world that you might not be familiar with? Well, there are people here that are on that journey. Perhaps you can talk to them. Perhaps they'll allow you to partner with them, that'll allow you to enter in. Can I just get the guys up? Thank you. I want to bless you tonight. I ask that you will receive my message with the humility that I wanted to give it. This is a message for us at the moment that God has been gracious enough um, to, to share with the church. Be like the ruru. Allow him to let you see what is going on behind the scenes. Lord, I ask that this message, that you would confirm it with signs following. God, I ask that there'll be confirmation for the ones here, God. As they seek you, as they talk with one another, maybe as they listen to this message again, that you would confirm it for them that this is you, God, that this is the journey that we are to take in this next season. I ask that you be gracious, because sometimes it's, it can be difficult when we step into that which we don't know. <laughs> it's a scary thing to get out of your comfort zone. It's a scary thing to hop out of the boat. I ask for the grace of courage and strength of kaha and manna to be here amongst them tonight. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.